All The More podcast, where we are continually searching out scriptural truths all the more. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Levi Moore, and I'm joined by my co-host and brother, Aaron Moore. Each week, we look into God's Word and see what He has for us. So, let's go ahead and dive on into His Word and see what He has this week. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the All The More podcast. We're so glad to have you back here this week. And a uh, happy Valentine's Day to you all. Uh, you know, today is the, the day of love uh, all around the United States um, and uh, wherever else it is it is celebrated. You know, um, And so, uh, you know, because it's Valentine's Day, not really because, but it just, ha- just so happened to, to land this way, uh, which is rather appropriate, I think. You know, we'll be looking today at uh, the love of a father. Um, you know, specifically you know, Abraham's love as a father and then, you know, God's love as the heavenly father. Um, so that's what, what we'll be looking at today in, in, uh, in Genesis uh, 22. And uh, but without further ado, uh, let me welcome Aaron to the podcast. Hello, Aaron. What's up? Hello. So uh, yeah. how, how's, how's your uh, your Valentine's Day going? Yeah, it was pretty good, man. Actually, we uh, dined in tonight. I went out to the, our local McDonald's and got us uh, two poor man's Big Macs, nah. which is which is basically a McDouble, which is a double cheeseburger. And instead of getting a Big Mac, you just tell them to add the Mac sauce to it. Nah. That's the poor man Big Mac. So that was our Valentine's. Okay. So so y'all y'all decided not not to go to a Waffle House. Yeah, we wanted to go to Waffle House, but then uh, we decided that that'd be faster. Oh, okay. And uh. In our little place over here, uh, as you can imagine, everybody and their brother is at the few little restaurants we have. So, <laughs> you know, over here, Waffle House is five-star dining. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they usually have uh, heart-shaped waffles. I do special for Valentine's Day. The Waffle House over here in town, they got it decorated up super nice for the Valentine's Day crowd. So you wouldn't even think you're in a Waffle House. But Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's what we did. Yeah, well, my my, uh, uh, my, my Valentine's Day was... Uh, was a- interesting it, it, it uh uh i was supposed to have gotten off at six tonight and then uh on my way out the door um i i ended up uh some somebody had had, had apparently decided that it would be great to spill um spill some of their rice that they had just gotten from the deli and uh and keep on walking and so i had to stand there and i paged for maintenance to come over to you know or somebody with a you know a broom and dustpan because you know, i couldn't walk off and leave it there so i ended up being like almost 40 minutes late leaving from work because i couldn't ever get anybody to come and if i walked off and left it there and then somebody else came along and, and slipped or tripped in it or whatever then you know, it, you know I, i'd be the one at fault so i kind of had to stand around until somebody came around but <laughs> Anyways, but uh, uh, after that, we uh, yeah, uh, every every Thursday, being that today's Thursday, as we record, uh, every Thursday night, you know, we have uh, have all the the uh, youth from our our church come over, and 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 generally every every six weeks, we try to do kind of a uh, more of a a fellowship or kind of a party night, as we call it, um, where we also allow the uh, you know because you know the the regular kids are like middle school and high school kids, um, but you know uh, every six weeks we you know let let their let the 
the younger kids come to you know, uh, any of the elementary kids you know, just so we can all have a have a uh, good time together and 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 so they have a place to go and things like that especially being out out uh, out here in Everett you know it's it's uh you know there's not a lot going on out here which is fine with me but you know a lot of the parents like, right. like you know like like to have a place for the kids so anyways that's that that's you know, how we got to spend our our Valentines you know Hannah and I got to uh, have a whole lot have a house full of uh, and a yard full of of uh you know uh, screaming kids running around playing hide and seek and hiding in the bushes and everything in the pitch dark and <laughs> mm-hmm. anyhow it was a, it was good but um anyhow um i reckon we, we can go ahead and, and uh, uh get get kind of kind of started here with the with the actual um the 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 real reason uh for the season you know the you know, the the you know, the real love here um so uh we can go ahead and i, I reckon uh start looking at uh th- th- this will be uh by the way our our uh, our last look at look at abraham because you know, really you know the uh in chapter 23 um abraham dies um or not, no, excuse me, not, not, not Abraham. Sarah dies in 23. Uh, and then in chapter 25, um, Abraham dies. Uh, and so, you know, from, from, you know, we're, we're going to kind of, you know, uh, uh, look at Isaac and then we'll and move on from there and kind of, kind of, you know, take, take things more in, and and, and, and big chunks looking at more at a broad spectrum of, of people. But, but, you know, th- there was just you know, a lot, uh, a lot about Abraham that, that plays into the remain, like all the rest of history up to Christ, you know? So, um, without further ado, we can go ahead and, and, and uh, dive into, to chapter 22. Ooh, I was a poet and I didn't know it. Um, okay. Anyways, I know that's cheesy, but, um, so, uh, so yeah, chapter 22 is, is, you know, the sacrifice of Abraham, uh, sacrifice of Isaac. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I can already hear, hear your, you, you people out there, you cynical people, you, uh, you're all, you're all out there. You're asking like, how is a father sacrificing his son? How is that a, a loving thing? How does that deal with love? Well, I'll answer you. So um, he, here we are in chapter 22, uh, starting off says, after these things, uh, you know, after you know, uh, everything that happened last week with, with Abimelech and, 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 uh, you know, and, and Isaac being born and everything, uh, you know, so, some time has passed, you know, so, you know, many years has passed since then. Uh, and so it says, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains on, of which I shall tell you. So let me stop there for a minute. So um, I don't know about you, Aaron. Um, what would you do if God said, hey, take your son and go go uh, make it, get, make him a burnt offering? Yeah, man, it'd be, it'd be pretty tough. Um, but yeah, it'd be pretty tough. Uh, I mean, obviously you love your son and it's not even, it's not the psychological norm thing for a parent to have to worry about, you know, uh, or at least not in modern times to have to worry about the death of a child and everything. And, you know, you, you love him and you try to protect him, you raise him up and then, you know, God tells you to go sacrifice him. Obviously you don't want to do that. But, um, you know, I think, you know, spoiler alert for this whole thing is, um, the more you cling to the things of this world, you know, God is a jealous God and he wants all the glory, all the praise and, you know, all your love. And, um, I think, you know, God asked us to forsake everything and pick up the cross and, and follow him, him being Jesus. But at the same time, if you have the heart willing to do those things, then God will allow you to keep your things. But, um, you know, that's where the faith comes into play where, you know, you have to understand that whatever God tells you to do is, is going to be the best thing to do. And, um, and as we'll see later in this 
specific chapter and text here. You know, well, I'll just wait until later to go through that. But anyway, that's what I think about that. Yeah, well, yeah, I I, I know that you know, uh, I, I would have a super hard time with that. Uh, now, you know, one thing with with um. One thing with um with uh Abraham, you know, he he's he's this guy that you know he he's waited you know what is it twenty five years to have a son? Okay, I mean he's he's already you know just to even have the son, and now he you know God has allowed him to have this son for for years. You know, I mean this this is no longer just a um a boy that this just you know a baby or whatever you know this is a, a, a you know someone who has a personality uh, which i mean I, I know babies have personalities too but but you know it's no longer um it's no no longer just you know someone that cries and 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 wants to be fed i mean you know this is a a a person that who whom you can have a conversation with and they talk back uh right. i mean yeah, yeah I, I know that's that that's one thing with me like you know that, that's one reason you know I, I have a hard time uh you know dealing with or you know, I, I i don't think i would be very good at, at teaching you know little kids you know when i taught you know high school you know that was one thing because you know, their 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 mental state was was there you know i mean even though they did dumb things but their mental state was there and so you know, here's isaac you know he's uh you know, he's he's you know uh at least into his you know his early early teen years you know and 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 so you know god has allowed him allowed you know abraham to have isaac for at least a decade or you know, a little little more more than a decade i mean so he is 100% a part of of abraham's life at this point you know he is you know he is a constant in abraham's life like i have a son i am a father you know uh and more than that you know isaac was a constant reminder of god's faithfulness and god's love for him um and so you know, here we are, you know, and God says, you know, go and sacrifice your son. But notice, notice though, in, in, in verse two, um, there, there's, there's some phrasing in here. It says, you know, God, when God said to Abraham, he says, take your son, your only son, Isaac. Now, Aaron, what, what does that make you think of? Because there's one thing that really jumped out in my mind. But what, what does that, the phrase, your only son, make you think of? Uh, Jesus. Yeah. The only begotten son. That's right. Yeah. I mean, immediately my mind goes to, to John 3, 16. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Like that's the immediate place that my mind goes. And, uh, and, 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 you know, if, if we keep looking further in the verse, you know, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah. Now, uh, I, I had, had to, 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 to do, do, do some digging. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I had thought I thought I knew knew where Mariah was, but I wanted to be sure before I said anything. But uh, do, uh, you you wouldn't happen to know where where uh, Mariah is located, would you? Not offhand. It is Jerusalem, aka the place where um, where Solomon built his temple, and then well, that's right. I didn't know that because that's the whole. Uh, I was reading about that the other day. The um, you know how Christians celebrate you know Christ- Christmas because of the birth of Jesus and all these other things. You know that's like the biggest Christian holiday, the biggest Muslim holiday, which uh, Muslim means uh, submission or you know the one who submits yeah and the and the main person of the muslim faith is, is abraham and they and they talk this this story right here in islam is like the foundational story because uh you know they they except the, the main difference in in the quran it says instead of isaac it was actually ishmael right you know, go figure we understand that you know ishmael is supposed to be the father of the those people but anyway uh that's why the dome of the rock is up there in jerusalem because they claim the muslims claim that that is the spot where abraham took um actually in the Quran it doesn't say who who it was it says one of his sons but it doesn't say Isaac but they of course say it's Ishmael right but they say he takes him up to the where the dome of the rock is now in in Jerusalem and um that's where he was going to put the altar but uh, I just thought that was interesting I learned that the other day I didn't realize that and that that um 
that uh, festival or or or, or holiday, or whatever, is called uh, Eid Al Adha, um, which you know, is commonly celebrated. You know, uh, I think it's a lot of times is is uh, celebrated around Easter. Um, you know, I think, or, or actually, no, I I, I I may be wrong in that. Um, but for for some reason, I, I'm uh, if I'm remembering right, because you know, uh, my, my, uh, uh, one of my former students, he was uh, uh, you know, he was a Muslim, and he, he and I had had many lengthy conversations. And uh, anyhow, he he was he was telling me about that festival um, or that or that holiday rather. And uh, I, I want to say that that it was celebrated a lot of times around around Easter, but I can't remember hundred percent for sure at the moment. But, um, uh, but yeah, that, you know, um, it, it, it's crazy though. So, you know, if you think, think about this, um, you know, here we have, um, Abraham is, is, you know, you know, has been told by God to take Isaac to the land of Moriah, you know, uh, and, and to offer, offer him up, offer Isaac there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, uh, of which God was telling him. And, um, and, you know, before I get in, in, into the rest of this, we can kind of move on through the passage real quick. But, uh, you know, in verse three, uh, rather than, rather than, uh, well, you know. I got something else to say about the Moriah deal real quick. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Going back and see here. I got to I got to turn the page one more time in Hebrews chapter nine. Uh, it talks about, you know, this Hebrews 11 chapter nine. This is talking about, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it says, uh, by faith, he dwelt in the land of promise. Um, in the land of promise is in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob and heirs with him of the same promise. And it says in verse 10, it says, for he waited for the city, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And um, it's just interesting that he went to the, and was going to sacrifice his son in the future city. That was the builder and maker is God. And that's what it says about Abraham. And Hebrews eleven nine, and you know that 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 same city, you know, which we know as know of as Jerusalem, at that time, you know, Abraham had already been there. You know, at that time, it was known as known as Salem or Salem, right. if you're going to pronounce it properly. But uh, and and the uh, you know, that there was a, a a key a key person that we've already encountered. You know, back in like chapter. 14 of Genesis, you know, Melchizedek, you know, he was the, the king and the high priest, you know, there in Salem, uh, you right. know, and, and, and more, and, and most importantly though, he was, he was not just a high priest of, of any religion. He was the high priest of El Elyon, you know, God most high, AKA the one true God, the very same God who Abraham worshiped, the very same God who offered his son, you know, 2000 years later as a sacrifice, um, you know, for, um, you know, for the sins of the world. And something else about this first little section we started on here, you know, it, it gives a picture of, you know, God isn't asking anyone to do anything he hasn't already done. Right. Or is he isn't going to do. In this tense, it was, you know, God was foretelling the future. And in the present tense, you know, um, I can't remember that this, Jesus says this same type of thing several times. He, um, you know, Jesus foretells of, you know, there's going to be suffering for Christians. And, you know, he says, you know, blessed is the one who's suffered for my name's sake and all these things. And the idea behind that of what Jesus is saying is that, you know, here I am, I'm the son of God. And I came down to earth and cast away, you know, my rightful place and glory and everything to come down here and be with you people. And I suffered a painful death. And, um, you know, who are you to say that you don't deserve to suffer too? Because I'm the son of God and I already did it. That's exactly right. And so, so it's the same thing we're saying here. This, you know, this with Abraham. Yeah. I mean, you know, God isn't asking you anything he hasn't already done. Right. And um, and so with that, you know, people might read this and be like, oh, my gosh, you know, how can you do that? But, you know, like like I said, you know, God, he already he already was saying that he was going to do it. And, um, you know, later, in, you know, with sending his son and, of course, Abraham, he never saw that fulfillment. Um, but anyway, until until later. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Well, you know, with um, 
if you notice notice in, in verse three, um, you know, Abraham's reaction to you know, to God telling him to to go do this, uh, you know, it doesn't say so. Abraham, you know, begrudgingly got up the next day and 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 thought about it and then decided, okay, I'll go do it. No, it says so. Abraham rose early in the morning. You know, he decided, okay, I'm going to do it. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't. You know, I mean, of course, you. Know, uh, I could be reading more into this than I than I should, but you know, it doesn't say anything about about Abraham. You know, dawdling about it or, or worrying about it or you know, says, okay, God says to do it, so I'm going to do it. So you know, it says Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him. And his uh, and his son Isaac, he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him on the third day. Hmm. A third day. That's interesting. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. Um, and Abraham a profound statement right there. You know, he was already saying that they were coming. He says, uh, "Well, read that one more time. Read the second part of verse five. Uh, then Abraham said to, to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. Right. Okay, right. Because right? I'm, I'm being a terrible person and reading out of the new King James right this minute. And, uh, and this, it says, uh, and we will come back to you. So the idea of being there, you know, Abraham, he has no, he cannot foretell the future. He doesn't know what's going to happen later in this text as we'll see, but you know, he already, he's saying, he's telling them that him and the boy are coming back. Right. Even though um, God told him to go sacrifice the boy and he's headed that way, but he's still was he's coming back. So. And, yeah. And that, that's the thing. I mean, you know, this whole thing, th- 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 this is why, 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 you know, looking at Abraham, you know, all this time is so key. You know, we've seen Abraham go up and down and up and down and up and down in his, in his faith, you know, and, and his, and his belief that God is actually going to come through and is actually going to honor every, every promise. And finally, Abraham is getting it. He is finally, you know, you know, he remains, you know, pretty even keeled and, you know, to the point where, you know, God has you know, fulfilled the promise of giving him a son. And now he's going to, he's, he's obeying God and he's, he's already decided I'm going to do this. So, you know, because I know my God, you know, who loves me, my God, who is faithful and, 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 and giving me, you know, what I have desired. Not, not that that's something that we should measure uh, or use to measure God's, you know, uh, goodness or whatever, you know, you know we, we shouldn't use our desire or God's, you know, fulfillment of our desires as a measure of his goodness. But in this case, you know, you know, children, I mean, you know, granting children is a good thing. I mean, they're, they're a gift from God. And so, you know, Abraham, you know, he, he's finally, uh, at a point now to where he, he knows that, you know, even if, even if I, I follow through and I am obedient to, to my God, um, you know, he will, he has the ability to raise my son back from the dead. I mean, he can bring him back. You know, be, you know it's, it's almost as if Abraham, the light went off in Abraham's head and, 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 and he realized, you know, when I have done what God has told me, it has never backfired. And yeah. I mean, you, I can say the very same thing for myself. When I have been a hundred percent like gung ho, I'm doing exactly what God just told me to do. And I know he told me to do it. I feel it in my, in my whole being. It's never backfired it's always been the best thing ever um and, and so you know that that that's that's you know that that that's what you know having a a true relationship with god is and 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 that's the result of a true relationship with god is that you can trust him completely in everything 
you can trust that he will never lead you astray. Right. But yeah, so you know, he says, you know, I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. Uh, verse six says, and Abraham took the wood of, of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took his hand, uh, took in his hand, uh, the fire and the knife. So they, uh, so they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, or yeah. So, uh, Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham I said, say something about this real quick. Okay. Uh, just want to point out the, you know, we're talking about these word pictures and not trying to overly spiritualize things and everything, be over allegorizing things. But you notice the attentiveness of Abraham, which is the father of the son who's about to be the sacrifice. And, uh, you know, the, the boy, I, Isaac, you know, says my father. And of course this, the, the, um, the father is there and he's hearing the son just like in the sense that Jesus was called out to the Father and and the, and the Father answered. And, and later you see down uh, a couple verses down uh, later anyway in verse 11, we'll get to in a second, but an angel calls out to him and says, Abraham, Abraham. And he said the same thing, here am I. So I just think it's important to point out his attentiveness and uh, willing to listen to God. And I think that for us to you know be in the will of God and understand what's going on, we have to be attentive to, to our surroundings and the fact that you know, we're attentive to God's calling anyway. Well, and, 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 you know, um, you know, t- talking about, you know, being attentive to, to God's call. So let, let, let's, let's, you know, take, take this out of a, out of the, you know, spiritual realm for a minute and, and, and let's just look at it, look at it from a, a relationship aspect. So, um, you know, I, uh, I, I know that, uh, you know, uh, being that Hannah and I, you know, in, in May, we'll have been married for, for eight years and we will have been together total, you know, dating and engagement, engagement and all, uh, you know, and the marriage, you know, in May will be 11 years that we will have been together. So we, we know each other pretty well. Uh, you know, we know our moods and our ups and downs and the little, the little things that, that really, um, you know, give away our emotions and, and our thoughts and things. Um, whenever you have, whenever you spend, spend an inordinate amount of time with someone, you pick up on all their little idiosyncrasies that give themselves away. Right. When we spend a lot of time with God, in the same way, we pick up on his his little things that show, you know, what he wants us to do, and and so you know, with, with Hannah, you know, I I know when she's upset, I know when something's bothering her, I know when she's happy, I know when she's fake happy, you know, whatever the case. I mean, I I you know, almost I would say ninety five percent of the time, I know exactly what Hannah's thinking before she even has to say it, as far as her emotion goes. Um, and, and that's because it's also I, worth saying that, you know, in the same sense, talking about how women act and everything, or our wives act, you know, uh, knowing being attentive to their feelings and their little, these little cues they give off and everything. Yeah. One thing, in the same way that your wife, your girlfriend, or your, sometimes your mother or whoever, you know, if they're upset with you, a lot of times they're going to be sitting over there and they're going to be being quiet. No. You're going to ask them, what's wrong? And you won't hear a peep. Or you're like, you know, you're sitting there trying to get it out of them and you notice that they're silent. And the silence is confirmation. <laughs> Right. And it's the same thing with God. You know, if you're crying out to God and sometimes you think that, you know, or you, you don't hear God or some people say, I just don't feel God anymore. I just don't have a relationship with you. And, you know, if you stop hearing him, I think it's a good sign to the fact that you're in deep trouble. Right. Because, you know, God is not moving. God is sitting on a throne in heaven. And he's in the same spot all the time. Right. But you are the one who is getting further away or closer to. Well, you know, case in point. You know, case in point, you know, look, look at Malachi. Malachi was the last prophet, okay, outside of, you know, John the Baptist. So right. between Malachi and John the Baptist, there were 400 years of silence. 
God, God did not speak for 400 years, you know, through, through, through any man. He just let, he let, he dropped it all and just let it go because, yeah. you know, uh, you know, his people, his chosen people had, had disregarded him continually. And so he, you know, he said, all right, go on, have it your way. Let, let, let's see how it goes for a minute, you know, and a minute being 400 years. Um, and so, and then, th- then he brings about John the Baptist being the forerunner of Jesus Christ to proclaim, Hey, the kingdom of God is at hand. You know, Jesus Christ is coming. I mean, even though he didn't say it exactly that way, but, but you know, he, that's what he was, that's what he was talking about. That's what he was, you know, proclaiming. And, uh, and, and so, I mean, that, you know, that, 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 like I said, that's, that's the case in point right there is, is, um, you know, when, when we get in a habit of, of disregarding God, uh, it's, it's not a good thing. Yeah. I think, um, when your wife is silent or when God is silent, it's time to start, um, you know, first you need to understand that apparently something has gone awry. And second, you need to understand it's time to repent and turn back and, and ask for forgiveness because, um, you're getting, you're getting off track. Right. And, uh, talking about John the Baptist, this would be a little thing, the, the exegesis paper I've been working on about the seed and the sower in uh, Mark 26 or 29. Um, I referenced John the Baptist in my exegesis paper as, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a sower, there's the, there's a sower, the reaper, you know, the reaper is the one who's harvesting the seed who's sprouted and grown. So it's not but the grim also, reaper. Right. Yeah. Not <laughs> the grim reaper. But the other one, you know, we're talking about in farming, there's the sower, the reaper, and then John the Baptist is the tiller. Because um, if you look at the parables of, of Jesus, you know, as he's, Jesus is coming and, and scattering his seeds across the ground, um, which this is not in the parable uh, of the different seeds, but it's the parable later on after that. And so, but John the Baptist is preparing the way. He's like the tiller. He's preparing the ground to get re- get it ready for the seed, which the seed is the word of God. Or, you know, Jesus came and started his earthly ministry and all those other things. So anyway, Levi knows that I've been trying to research on this stuff. And that was a kind of a breakthrough this last week when I mm-hmm. finally got all this stuff put together. But, um, it makes sense. You th- when you think of John the Baptist, think of somebody out tilling the garden or plowing the field or something because he's getting the ground ready in preparation for Jesus coming and uh, spreading the seed. But anyway. You know, the, the, uh, um, you know, try, trying to you know, uh, kind of you know, keep moving on here real quick. In, in verse eight, um, you know, it, it continues. And, Abra- and Abraham said, uh, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place which God had told them, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached uh, reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. Now, I want to stop there real quick. When it says uh, to slaughter his son, um, it literally means to 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 cut up his son, you know, as a butcher would, uh, as a butcher would, you know, a, you know, a lamb or a you know a pig or a calf or whatever. Uh, I mean, I, you know, the 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 Abraham and family and descendants, you know, would not be dealing with a pig. But I'm just saying, in general, what a butcher would do, uh, you know, as far as you know, you know, cut it, cutting the choice cuts of meat and everything. I mean, that's like that that was part of the sacrifice. I mean, this wasn't just a let's throw Isaac on the fire and set him on you know, or on the on the wood and set him on fire. That's not what the burnt offering was i mean there was a whole you know like he would literally cut him to pieces you know part of it um and so you know whenever you see that whenever we we, you realize that you know abraham loved god so much 
you know, loved him so much more than his own son, which is the right way. The right way of loving God is to love God more than anything and anything at all. It's like you know, Aaron was talking about last week uh, with the. Uh, um, I think it was last week. It may have been a couple weeks ago. Anyways, you know, uh, the the um, greatest commandment you know, is to you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. Um, I mean, to love God with all of your being, and uh, and so that you know that's what Abraham did. You know, he, he loved God so much that he was willing to be obedient to the point of you know slaughtering his own son. Um, but then you know, look, look here in, in verse 11. You know, verse 11 starts off with a very key word. It's one of my favorite words in all of Scripture, but. Uh, every time we see the word but, that's a key signaling word. To, to, you know, that means you know, everything that was about to happen or everything that was just talked about, the opposite is about to happen or something very different from what was be, uh, previously or previous is going to happen. So it says in verse 11, but the angel of the Lord, you know, and remember almost every time that the angel of the Lord or angel of God phrasing happens, it's talking about God himself interacting with his creation. But the angel of God called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. There again, we see that same phrase, that same you know, uh, uh, unique phrasing, you know, your only son. Um, Verse 13, Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So here we have, you know, God has asked Abraham to do the unthinkable. What most of us, and especially in, in, in the Western world, would we, we you know, uh, we are taken aback at even the thought of, of, of a father, you know, doing, well, not doing, really. huh? Not really. What do you mean? Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about the Western world is a bunch of crazy folks out here killing babies all the time. Well, we, uh, we, uh, let, let me right. rephrase that. We, we sane people, the sane people of the Western world that have morals and have you know, any, any, any concept of what, of what a living being is, you know, yep. We are taken aback by that. We we are you know we are um, you know shocked by by that by even the thought thought of it you know, and uh, but you know he, he, here he is you know. You know, this very same God who asked Abraham to do that, you know, God knew that, you know, I mean, you know, you know, I, I really think that, uh, you know, uh, you know, I mean, God never would have let it go all the way anyways. You know, I, I don't think, I mean, you know, God had every right to ask him that, but I don't think God would have allowed him to go all the way anyways. Um, you know, because I mean, look, I mean, he, he provided the ram, he provided the substitute and then. You know that that that's what you know God did for us today, or you know two thousand years ago. You know with Jesus. You know I mean that's the exact same thing that God did for us. Um, and so you know we uh, you know it, uh, there in, you know, in the very end of verse you know seventeen it says, and Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. And and you know uh, it, it uh, it's it's very key to you know to understand the whole burnt offering part because um, you know. As we will see later on in 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 the Mosaic Law, uh, you know, burnt offerings were were those made you know for sin. You know, burnt offerings were those that that, that you know that were the placeholder for sin. Um, and it's it, it's interesting that on the very same place where Solomon uh, you know built his temple, and then later you know the you know the the very same area where where uh, where Jesus was was crucified and sacrificed on the cross. You know, all these places that that where sin was paid for, or at least placeholders were put into place until Christ came. Um, you know, all those places line up. And this is the very place that Abraham is starting off. You know, God told him, go here and offer up your son. 
You know, it's like almost, it's almost like you know from the very beginning. You know, he's saying, "Check it out, guys! I'm telling you the future. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to provide yeah. my own son. I'm going to provide my own ram, my own lamb, to be the sacrifice for you. Open your eyes and realize what's going on. And does Israel figure it out? No, they hadn't yet. No, they hadn't yet. That's right. Like they, they don't. They, they still don't know what's going on. You, you, some of them have. Some, you know, God has opened the eyes of some. But you know, many of them they don't they still don't know. Um, but now now part of that though is because you know uh, if you look in if you look in Romans eleven uh, the the like twenty five to thirty two uh, in Romans eleven you know, it, it talks about how how uh, God caused a partial hardening of the hearts to come to come upon the um, the, the the Jews. Uh, and yeah, so that's what he did back whenever Jesus was there, right? Uh, yeah, uh, he, he's hardening them then too. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. You, you know, God, you know, God, you know, for the purpose of, or you know, so that His ultimate good, that is, you know, His ultimate good being, you know, the the forgiveness of sin being available to His creation. You know, He He, you know, uh, just like He did with with Abimelech, keeping Abimelech from sinning. You know, He, uh, you know, uh, prevented people from from wanting to have mercy on Christ and you know he just let he let I mean he God didn't make them do anything he just allowed them from or he, he allowed them to uh allowed their vileness to come to, to to its you know full potential to where they wanted to to sacrifice and kill or not sacrifice but they, they wanted to, to kill a perfectly innocent man um for doing nothing more than you know preaching truth um now, of course, you know the truth hurt <laughs> a lot of them. You know the the, uh, the the truth hurt a lot of their pride and 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 ruffled a lot of feathers. But you know that's what truth does, though. You know, truth opens our eyes to to our own our own shortcomings. Um, but uh, you know look 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 at you know, verse fourteen and onward. It says, "So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide." Um, or the Lord will see, but you know, uh, the Lord, the Lord will provide, uh, as it is said to this day on the Mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Um, verse 15, and the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, by myself, I have sworn declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son. There again, we see that same phrase. I will surely bless you. And I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men and they arose and went together to Beersheba and Abraham lived at Beersheba. Now, key verse here, verse 18, or actually, well, yeah, yeah, verse 18, it says, and in your offspring, so in, in the offspring of Abraham shall all the nations, it doesn't say a select few, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because why? Because you obeyed my voice. So again, we see where obedience, you know, because Abraham loved you know, his heavenly father, you know, Abraham the, you know, loved his heavenly father so much that he was willing to obey him to the point of sacrificing his son. And because of his obedience, because of his faith in his heavenly father and his love for his heavenly father, um, you know, all the nations of the earth were blessed. And um, it's also because, you know, through Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, you know, came King David, which is where the line of Jesus came through. And right. You know, the, the seed of Abraham would eventually be Jesus Christ, the son of God which would you know you know be that's what is actually blessing everybody and and uh in hebrews eleven thirteen says these all died in faith not having received the promises but having seen them afar off were assured of them embraced them and confessed that they were stranger 
strangers and pilgrims on earth for those uh, for those say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland and uh, I was just saying you know they all died in faith and you know like we talked about before the, the faith they were having was the faith in the coming redeemer and they um, all realized they were strangers in a land that was not theirs you know they knew that their eternal home would be uh, with heaven or right. with God in heaven right and uh, you know not to dive off into a whole other realm of everything but like we, me and you were talking about after the podcast last week about Sheol and everything and you know that you know most people think that Abraham died and, and went straight to heaven or something you know that's what most people think but yeah but that's not the case you know, Old Testament uh, you know people who had faith in God in the Old Testament you know they were they did not go to heaven until Jesus died on the cross and uh, so you know during that time the Old Testament people you know uh, David talked about it Abraham Moses all of them were in Sheol waiting on Jesus to, Jesus to come and when when Jesus came and when he gave up his his spirit as it says uh, you know the saints uh, were resurrected and rose up and you know and they came the marching in when Jesus Huh? They came marching in, mm-hmm. <laughs> and which I think that would be awesome. I mean, can you imagine seeing Abraham and all them? You know, they were ascending, you know, kept resurrecting, going to heaven, and um, and so I just think that's that's great. And like me and Corey were talking about, uh, or he was trying to prove his uh, theological heavyweightness the other day in our Bible study class, and he uh, was talking about you know how during the time when you know Jesus was in the tomb, says he. He first descended before he ascended, so he right. descended to the lower parts of the earth, and he went down there and proclaimed uh, victory. You know, he's claimed victory over death and victory over sin, all those things, and that's when he set the captives free, which the captives being the uh, you know Abraham and all those folks in Sheol. Right. So yeah, yeah, and, the and, promise you know was Jesus. Right, and and, and yeah, the, the you know just as a uh, quick aside about you know, Sheol, you know Sheol, you know Old Testament, your your prior pre pre-Christ ascension, you know, was, was, you know, split into two, you know, one half of it was the, the Hades side, the, the hell side, uh, where, you know, the unrighteous went and then the other side, you know, which was divided, you know, which was separated from the hell side by a great chasm, um, you know, you had the, uh, you know, the righteous, you know, that was, that was the portion known as paradise or Abraham's bosom. Uh, and, 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 you uh, Hannah's mom, you know, always, you know, uh, you know, whenever we talk about Sheol, she always makes a comment about, uh, about Abel, you know, Abel was the, you know, is at least the first recorded death, you know? And, uh, so he was the first person to be in Sheol. So, uh, you know, uh, we we uh, we all she always jokes around you. Know, I, I I wonder I wonder uh, uh, how long how long uh, Abel was by himself. You know, it's like hello hello hello. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's just it's echoing nothingness. You know, there's no, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, we, we we don't know what what all Sheol was was entirely like, but you know, there's the the uh, uh, parable of of the uh, uh, the rich man and, and Lazarus. You know, uh, which is a, right. a different Lazarus from from the one that Jesus resurrected. But um, right. you know, anyhow, that you know, there's that 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 whole story. And yeah, that that's yeah, part part of where we get our our uh, understanding of, of Sheol. Uh, but right, and when I was we were talking about say the last week, um, I brought up the fact of you know the second thief who was the one of the two other men that was on the cross whenever Jesus was crucified, and, and um, you know whenever Jesus looked over at him, you know after he had faith and and believed, you know he didn't say, well you're going to go to Sheol and then and then you know I'm going to bring you up out of Sheol and you're going to go with me. He said, you know I'll see you in paradise. And uh, the thing is, you know before he died, Jesus died first, or before, because you know if you've read the the end of the gospels there talking about it you know it was the day before the sabbath and they had, were wanting him to hurry up and die so they could take him off the cross and be buried before the sabbath right and so the romans went, went around and they were going to break the legs of all of them because you know when they were getting crucified they're holding themselves up to keep them you know with their legs to keep them from basically uh suffocating under their own weight kind of a deal but jesus had already died and the other two men hadn't 
Right. So he'd already given up his spirit. So the captives have already been set free. So when Jesus told the man, he says, I will see you today in paradise. You know, he knew that Jesus, you know, he's about to see him right then because of man. So not to confuse all the listeners, it's important for listeners to understand that when you die, like when we die today, we're going to heaven. We're not going to this place in the Old Testament called Sheol. You know, average from the body present with the Lord. So, so anyway, I just want to clarify that real quick. So no one got confused about that. Right. Well, and, and, and you know, to, to, to kind of, you know, br- bring all of this together into a, uh, you know, into the uh, New Testament application. Um, if we if we look over here in Romans five, um, verses six through eleven. Uh, it says, for while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have not, or excuse me, uh, since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in, in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. You know, the key The key verse there is, is verse eight, you know, where it says that God shows his love for us. And, and verse eight starts with that key word again, but you know, it's my favorite word in the whole, in all of scripture, but, um, but God shows his love for us. And that while we were still sinners, while we were the, the worst of the worst, the enemies of God, you know, waging war against God, essentially, you know, in our, in our, our, uh, our rebellion, you know, it says, even in the midst of all that, four four keywords here that are that are crazy, for, you know, for for me to think about. It says Christ died for us. I mean that 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 is that's crazy. Like, you know, I uh, I know you know a lot like a lot of times whenever whenever you know uh, my students uh, whenever they they were were you know, acting up in class and they were being rebellious, um, there were not there there was not a single time that I that the thought ever crossed my mind that hmm maybe I want to die for them today. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, of course, you know, you know, uh, you know, I, 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 I would have certainly protected them, you know, had anything, you know, bad been happening or whatever, you know, some crazy person came to the school trying to shoot him, whatever. But, but I mean, still though, like when they were in open rebellion against me, just for the sake of being rebels, never once did I think, let me have compassion on them. Let me, you know, let me give my life for them. <laughs> but, you know, of course, you know, our ways are not God's ways. You know, God has ways that are, you know, leaps and bounds higher, you know, than our ways and our thoughts. And so, um, uh, you know, well, God, speaks to God's character of wanting his desire to want us. He wants us that bad. Right. Which is an, another thing going to the predestination thing. You know, God isn't just at his whim just because of his sovereignty, even though he is sovereign, he can just decree someone to go to hell, you know, and not call them. But God has such a strong desire for every man to be saved. Right. That he sent his son for everybody. And, um, you know, so don't let anybody tell you that you know, God may or may have died for you or Jesus may have died for you or he may not have died for you because that wasn't his plan and that wasn't his, you know, the nature of God was to, he loves everybody. Or he, I mean, he loves us enough to send a son, but he will not love you eternally if you do not believe in the son. 
because there will come a day whenever I see in Revelation 14, whenever the angel will cry out to the, to the, to the son of God sitting on a cloud and said, for now the time there for the, the earth is ripe for harvest to put in the sickle. Right. And you know, there's going to come a time whenever it's going to be too late. Right. Yeah. But, and, and, and you, Jesus say, you know, you know, depart me, depart from me for I never knew you. Which the whole new thing there, you have to understand it. You know, Jesus knows everybody. Right. But the, but the idea there is the intimate knowledge, the relational knowledge of. And so, you know, he, God, or God specifically wants to be in a personal relationship with everybody. And so uh, you clearly see that we're talking about, you know, Valentine's Day and love and everything. God so loved the world. He sent his only begotten son. And obviously you see here, it's not because anybody was righteous. It's not because, you know, we did anything for God, but God simply just loved you. And I think that's pretty important. I want to say one other thing real quick. Uh, when you talk about in Romans 5, 6, at the very beginning there, it says, for when we were still without strength in, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. A little side note or footnote for church history and everything. There wasn't a more perfect time the history of mankind for Jesus to, to come to earth and, you know, start his ministry than he did. Right. And, um, you know, some people ask, you know, why did God wait so so long to send his son? You know, there's a lot of time. And if you believe in creationism, you'd, there'd be about 4,000 some odd years from Adam to Jesus. And you know, why did God wait 4,000 years, you know? But, you know, the idea, you know, God chose Israel, you know, because not because they were great and mighty people, because actually because they're weak and, and a small people, but he chose them. And because they were right smack dab in like, I guess, the main part of the world at that time, you know, because they're in control of the Roman, Roman Empire. And because, you know, through the control of the Roman Empire, Christians were able to move about on all these Roman roads, you know, like Paul and Peter and the apostles, you know, could go out and, and um, you know, Jesus only left Israel in his ministry, I think, twice, only went outside of the borders of Israel twice. And that wasn't he didn't go very far. And um, but just talking about in due time, you know, God sent his son at the perfect time. And uh, which is another evidence for the fact that he is the son of God. He is real is because there was no better time to come. Um, so I just want to put that little footnote in there real quick. You can carry on. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah that, that, that's really all I had. You know, I, I, um, yeah, I, I really just wanted to, you know, bring, bring our attention to, to, you know, God's, uh, God's love for us, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, and, and God's love, you know, not only for, for us individually, but for us as in you know, his, you know, his creation, you know, our, you know, us as in humanity, uh, you know, God loved all of humanity so much that he gave his only son. Now he sacrificed his only son, you know, so that we, you know, the, the, the rebellious sinners that we were and are, um, so that we could have a chance at eternal life. Uh, and, and, you know, I, you know, I know that you know, a lot of you listening, if you're listening, most of you are probably already Christians. Uh, you know, I mean, why else would you uh, be listening to this podcast? But then there are some out there that that may be listening, and 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 you aren't a Christian. You you've never you've never um, you've never decided that you wanted to be, uh, or you never decided to follow Jesus. And and so, you know, for those of you that that, that have that have never decided to follow Jesus, uh, you you've never uh, you know had any faith in anything. You know, I I, I invite you to uh, you know to to, to you know, ask for you know, God for forgiveness for your sins to um you know you to commit your life to you know to him to to living a life for him um you know, because if you don't if if you don't you know uh you know make him you know the the complete lord of your life if you don't give yourself entirely to him and 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 receive forgiveness for him there's there's no hope for you um and so uh you know, if uh if Aaron Aaron and I can be of any uh, of any help to you in any way 
uh, you know, you know, spiritually speaking, or, uh, you know, please don't, don't hesitate to, to contact us, you know, uh, you know, on Facebook or Twitter or, um, you know, all the more.com slash contact with our, uh, contact page. Um, yeah, that would be, uh, you know, we, we would be glad to, to, you know, help answer any questions for you and, and, and try to, you know, help you get, get, you know, get, get off, uh, on the right foot, you know, uh, get started with, with God, you know, uh, in, in the best way possible. So, um, uh, Aaron, uh, unless you have anything else, uh, I reckon we can go ahead and, and wrap it on up. I got one more thing I'd like okay. to leave, leave everybody with, you know, the moral of the story is, you know, if God asks it, you know, with your face, you need to give it. And a little story I heard the other day that really summed that idea up is, it was a story of a lady who she, um, she decided she needed to go to a, a coffee shop. You know, she's out shopping or something. And she decided to stop in a coffee shop and get her a cup of coffee. And she wanted to get like a little bag of cookies or something to go with it. And so she goes in there to the coffee shop. She sits down at the table and she orders or sits down at the little coffee bar and orders her cup of coffee and orders her little bag of cookies and you know she pays for it and sits down and right next to her is sitting another man and he's sitting there uh you know drinking his coffee reading a magazine and you know so as she's sitting there drinking her coffee you know she reaches into her to the bag of cookies she takes a cookie out and eats it and then she sees the man sitting next to her he reaches into the bag of cookies too and takes out a cookie <laughs> and he eats it and the woman's kind of like well what the heck's going on so she kind of looked over at the man and the man smiled at her and so she thought well you know, heck, you know, he's just whatever. So she goes back to reading her little magazine there and, you know, reaches in and gets another cookie and eats it. And then all of a sudden she sees the man's hand goes back in the bag again and uh, gets another cookie out of the bag. And, and she looks over at him and she's, and she's, and the man smiled at her again. And so at this point she's, she's pretty mad. So she freaks out on the man and says, you know, cusses him out for everything he's worth and says, what in the heck is she, or is he wanting to take all her cookies for? And she took her stuff. She walked out and left, but she walks out in the parking lot and gets in her car. She reaches in her purse to find her keys. And then all of a sudden she finds her, her own unopened bag of cookies. Yeah. And so she realized that she just cussed the man out and she was actually reaching her hand and his cookie <laughs> bag and eating his cookies. And so the moral of the story is when God asks you for something, you give it to him because it's not yours anyway. Right. Yeah. God already and, gave uh, it all. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're sticking your hand in his cookie jar. And um, so everything God gives you, he can take away from you. And that's hard for us as humans to understand that, but just understand that whatever God asks of you, you know, through faith, you know, he will work his wonders and it, it'll be for his glory. So that's what I'll leave y'all with. Yeah. And that, yeah, that, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, uh, you know, our, our God, you know, he gave us life first and only because he gave us life, you know, can't, do we even have the opportunity to, to, uh, to be rebellious against him? I mean, and, and that, that, that thought in itself is, is, you know, baffling, you know, that we are rebelling against the one who gave us life. Um, but, uh, Anyhow, guys, we we are uh, uh, as always uh, grateful to you all for for uh, uh, listening to us. You know, ramble on and and uh, you know, uh, especially me as I I spit and stutter and and uh, and so you know, we we just uh, we're grateful for, for you listening. Uh, not for our for our own glory, but uh, we hope that that through what we what uh, what you know, little bit of wisdom God has you know, deemed worthy deemed us worthy to have and to receive from Him that you know, we can help you, uh, gain a little bit of a uh, better understanding uh, of his word. And, and, uh, and as we, as we try to grow together. So, um, until next time, guys, keep on searching out scriptural truths all the more. Thanks for listening to the, all the more podcast. If you like what you've heard or are interested in other related content, head on over to allthemore.com. That's allthemore with two O's, dot com. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your other favorite podcasting app. Until next time, 
Keep on searching out scriptural truths all the more.